0: You're listening to episode 39 of the Mad Chatters Podcast, June 24th,
1: 2015. Most everyone's mad here.
0: Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Matthew.
2: Hey, howdy, hey.
0: And Jeremy.
2: (laughs) I love you.
0: Oh, no. All right. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot has happened in the parks the last few weeks um, which is okay, because today we're continuing our series on the animated films and their presence in the parks, and today we reach we reach the 1970s, and there's not a <laughs> whole lot to talk about.
2: We reach!
0: We reach it as well. <laughs> and we reach it. Uh, and there's not a whole lot to talk about in that area, so let's get to the news. First of all, it's summer, officially. Mm. Of course, you guys live in Florida, so does it feel like it's been summer for a long time now?
2: Yeah, since about February. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, since it's summer, that means Frozen Summer Fun has begun at Hollywood Studios. So they did this last year at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and they had several offerings for Frozen. Um, but I feel like this year, looking at what they've offered, uh, they've kind of just increased all the frozenness that is happening at that. I mean, it's basically Frozen Park at this point. I know it's not, but, like, being away from the park and just seeing the news of what's happening, it feels like that's all that's going on at this park, is Frozen stuff.
2: Well, the good thing is, from what I've seen, a lot of people are responding positively to what is happening with the new Frozen stuff. Um, what was that word? <laughs> happening? <laughs> happening. Because, um... Last year, it just kind of all felt thrown together really quick. Right, oh, right, right. Like, there were Olaf pictures stapled to Popsicle sticks, you know. Like Literally. Really That's was. not a joke. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like an exaggeration, but there really, really was. <laughs> and yeah. so it's just kind of like, oh, crap, we got to do some Frozen stuff. Uh, Quick. But if you're a Disney fan, from what I understand, and you're a Frozen fan, people have said that the new kickoff for the frozen summer has been positive at least what i've seen
0: yeah well let's talk about what's there for a second there is the sing-along which was there last year but like you said people have been saying it's a little better they've added more and they've moved it into that theater and almost given it a more permanent home like the the posts outside i mean this used to be where american idol experience was the posts outside have been painted like there's one that has anna on it and one that has elsa on it and inside the theater there are all these frozen Decorations. So now I'm wondering, is this going to quit after the summer, or is this just going to keep going
2: and going? No, don't say that. It'll be there for the next five. No, years. it's it's the
1: frozen summer
2: thing, right? So it's gone. Yeah. Well, they said that about Main Street Electrical Parade oh, that it was true. for a one time limited edition. That was 2010. So here we are. So for the summer, but this is
1: supposed to. This is supposed to be. Um, you know the place where star wars expansion is going to go they're not going to leave the frozen theater there especially with frozen going to epcot they're not going to let it have a that big of a presence in two parks
0: i hope so i hope so um but the the ice skating rink that was there last year has not returned but they have a parade that comes twice a day did you see what happened on the first day of the parade
2: i saw that the elsa float broke is that correct
0: (laughs) yep it had to stop traveling down the street. I think she actually got off it at one point. And
2: she walked, which is funny to me because she's like the queen, you know? So why would you have the queen walking? Be like, Olaf, you walk. I'm beyond the... Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd be like, I froze my float. And now, so now I can walk. I don't know. But anyway, so that parade comes (laughs) twice through. They have fireworks every night. Like I said, the Frozen sing-along. There's that new stage show with the articulated Olaf where, like, his mouth moves And it was kind of cheesy, to be honest. It's called Olaf's Summer Cooldown. Did you watch it? No. (laughs) I mean, I really didn't get through the whole thing, but there's, like, a host, and then there's Olaf, and Josh Gad's voice comes out, you know. But they, like, go back and forth, and I I guess it's, like, summertime, but he needs to stay cool, so there are girls fanning him with palm branches I, I don't. I didn't really understand what was happening, but
2: I, I can't. I just can't anymore. You know. I mean, I'm, I'm to the to the limit, to the max.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, they finally uncovered the Chinese theater, only for Olaf's stage show to be planted right in front of it.
2: And that stage is massive, with yeah, all the, yeah, yeah. the you know the columns. No, and- I did notice. I did notice with some of the pics
1: from Star Wars weekends that. Um, the from the view down Hollywood Boulevard, looking down at the theater, the way they've constructed the stage, it does kind of blend in. So you still see the theater prominently. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know if there's the I don't think I they really put up the big backdrop this time around. It's just the the trusses and the lights, and then there's a it, itty bitty little roof on it. So maybe that part will be permanent, which you know s- still makes the redo of the theater good.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gives it purpose, I guess.
2: Come September, I'd like to see the whole thing, the whole stage down, so mm-hmm. we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's just a lot of open s- space. I don't know if they're willing to leave there. But Okay, well, speaking of Frozen, let's go over to Epcot, because this is actually a few weeks old, but we haven't talked about it on this show. Uh, they They released an art concept for the new Frozen attraction, which is replacing Maelstrom, and they also... Uh, announced what the attraction's name will be, and that is Frozen Ever After, which, if you are a fan of Tangled, might sound very familiar because the Tangled short was called Tangled Ever After. So...
2: The creativity is getting a little uh, thin there at Disney Imagineering.
0: Yeah, they're going back to the well on that one. Um, But let me read what the blog says about what the attraction, attraction will be like, and then we can talk about what we saw. Um, guests will be transported (laughs) to the winter and summer celebration where Queen Elsa embraces her magical powers and creates a winter and summer day for the entire kingdom. They will also visit Elsa's ice palace and the ice blue world of the North Mountain, along with other locations before returning to the Bay of Arendelle. Of course, favorite Frozen characters, including the snowgies, the little things she sneezes out, In the short Frozen Fever.
1: The Olaf Uh, Boogers.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I haven't
1: even seen that little
2: short.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Will be part of this new attraction, along with the spectacular sights inspired by the film.
2: I think they thought those little Olaf Boogers would be more popular than what they are.
0: Yeah, I didn't find them all that charming.
2: No, they were very forgettable, but I see merchandise for them and Uh. those kind of things, so... Well, I mean, Frozen is Frozen. Again, it's a it's a great movie that has been beaten to death, unfortunately. Um, I did like that they're, whether it's just because of cost or because they're being nostalgic, I did like that they're keeping the same ride vehicle boats yeah. uh, as Maelstrom. I thought that was a nice, you know, tribute or whatever. Yeah, I think so, too. But as far as ride track or whatever who knows so well, we'll see
0: i think i heard i heard a rumor um that someone talked to one of the creators who said the ride track is exactly the same i would be surprised if it's not exactly the same and there was a lot of speculation before now about okay is this going to be just an overlay of the old boat ride or is it going to be completely gutted um but it sounds like it is i mean in its basic sense just an overlay
2: I do feel like the, the frozen fever is starting to wear off though, so I wonder if Disney's kind of biting themselves in the rear end by going so head Well first they'll have and- a
1: sequel. When well, the sequel is they'll be round two when oh, that, that happens. True, that's yeah. true, Even man. if
2: it stinks, it's gonna be
1: humongous. And there'll be an overlay of the attraction after it's <laughs> yeah. open for a year. <laughs> and there'll the- be people <laughs> angered about them disrupting a classic. <laughs> So true. No, I think I think the same track is fine and uh, but there were rumors, I can't even remember where I heard this. it, it might have just been speculation, but it makes sense that they'll kind of consolidate the um the unloading loading area to where the old only unloading area was, that little town they had. Oh, yeah. So they'll they'll have one part of the corner be unloading, one part be loading so they can use that massive place that used to be the loading area as kind of an opening scene before you ascend and go through the story, you
0: know yeah, that mural that mural will play a part, i think yeah. i think I think that fits just great <laughs> with the hairy
2: long haired red headed man <laughs> yeah and, and his... the
0: giant headed boy
2: i'm curious to see if... <laughs> that was not proportional <laughs> I'm yeah. really curious to
1: see if they there they could do some fun things with some of the the lines from. Milestone. I hope that they include like uh, you're not the first to pass this uh, way, yeah. or you know, disappear, disappear. I, I bet they'll work those in in fun ways.
2: If they don't, they're really slapping the fan community in the face because yeah. That, yeah. you got to put some tributes in there. Or if
1: there's like a random three headed, you know, troll or something, little <laughs> Easter eggs like that will make fans happy.
0: Oh, the disappear would be great. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. Looking at the concept art, I was, I, I was okay with it. I was, I mean. At some point, you just have to accept. The
1: promise of -of state-of-the-art audio animatronics, you know, that that wins fans over really quick.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought, too, looking at it. It seemed clear that that's going to be an animatronic. Well, that's what
1: we said about Stitch, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, anyway, um, I'll try to, if I remember, I'll put that concept art on the show notes. So um, if listeners have not seen it, they can.
2: What is that, 2016, 2017? They're
0: they're saying uh, probably about May of 2016. That's soon. I know, I know. They also announced more about the meet and greet, that they're they're building that new area between Norway and Mexico, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And it's going to be called the Royal Summer House. Um, And they said it will reflect the cultural arts and crafts of Norway. So people who threw a big fit about... You know, why even keep a Norway pavilion if you're going to put a fictional town in there? At least they're going to have some nods to the whole World Showcase theme.
2: Did they mention if they're going to get rid of them at Princess Storybook Hall or whatever that is in Fantasyland? Oh, surely they will.
0: Oh, I don't think they will. I think they'll keep them there.
2: No, because, like, Belle meets at Epcot and at Magic Kingdom and Sleeping Beauty, so...
0: Yeah, I can't imagine them getting rid of them.
2: I'm I'm genuinely surprised they haven't been meeting at both locations sooner
0: already. Yeah,
2: the way that they have been such a popular demand, but I don't know if they're as popular anymore. As far as wait times, surely have decreased. Yeah, which is expected. But
0: I'm really curious how long the lines are going to be for that attraction the first week. You know, I mean, Radiator Springs Racers was like six hours. That first day.
2: I'm so Oh, it's probably going to wrap all the way past Mexico into the... Oh, you know, easily. Into Canada. I'm just waiting for my Bing Bong meet-greet. When is Bing Bong going to meet and greet? Oh, so,
0: <laughs> Well, let's talk about that for a second. And Bing Bong is one of the characters from the new film, Inside Out. which just opened this week. Uh, did either of you see it?
2: I saw I it. seen it yet. Nope. Matt's been busy, so I guess you haven't uh, okay. seen okay.
0: it. Okay, well, I figured Jeremy saw it because he made two references already. Your comment at the beginning was a reference to the short that plays before, and then Bing Bong is one of the characters. What do you think of Bing Bong?
2: Okay, well, let's just start with the short first. Okay. Um, Lava. My favorite Pixar short thus far.
0: No, not even close.
2: What? what is better? What is better? That one with the clouds was one of the best. I thought
0: I'm not a huge fan of the clouds ones,
2: but you know what's funny is I felt like there was a lot of similarity between clouds and yeah, uh, lava.
0: No, I love the magician one, um, presto.
2: Yeah, okay, I'll give you that I, one.
0: I love the classic one with Jerry and the chess. I love the birds on the wire. I think those are all better than lava.
2: Really? Oh, oh wow. yeah. I thought lava was great because it's a song and the whole thing plays along with the song. So it's very, you know, tender, and it's a tender story about love and, and finding, I don't know. I have a dream I hope will come true That you're here with me And I'm here with you I wish that the earth see the sky up above Will send me someone to love. Us. Anyways, I, it, was, it was nice. And, it didn't and do a lot
0: for me. But Inside Out, on the other hand, was Inside
2: Out was fantastic. Uh, wonderful and fantastic. And you can't have enough pronouns or adju- not pronouns, but adjectives to describe <laughs> he, it. her, <laughs>
0: she. That's a you, word that I use to describe Inside Out.
2: But it was wonderful. And what I liked about it was a lot of people have really been hating on Pixar in the last few years. Simply because you had um, Brave, which a lot of people didn't like. You had Cars 2, which was, didn't really resonate. You had Monsters University, which was good, but forgettable as far as being a classic. Inside Out to me was a return to Pixar at its best. Mm-hmm. It, I left the theater feeling the same emotional high and connection that I did when I left after seeing Up, after seeing WALL-E, where it was just, I saw this original story, an original concept, which I'd never really seen before, and yet I connected to characters that, from its uh, base level, I, you wouldn't think you would connect as much to. Yeah. You know, like, when the first time I saw WALL-E, I was like how can I really be emotionally involved with robots, you know, mm-hmm. in the future? And yet you leave there and you're like, I love Wally and I love Eve and I just want him to be happy, and you know. And the same with Up, you're like, it's an old man, whoop-de-doo, you know, and you're like, I love that old man and I hope that he finds happiness. <laughs> yeah. I love that old man and the little China man and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so I left inside out, and I was like, "I just want joy in my head to be happy, and I want Riley to be happy." And so it was a it was a very emotional roller coaster. And Bing Bong, um, well, I, we'll keep this spoiler free, but Bing Bong is the imaginary friend which comes in at one point, and he is a lovable sidekick in the in the fashion of an Olaf, or where he's innocent, but. Um, integral to the story lovable and a lot of people have lost their minds over him I'm not a huge bing bong fan but okay. you it's know,
0: nice we're on the same page people on twitter I mean you think this is like the best character ever come to come to the Disney canon he's okay but there are other characters I, in this movie alone that I liked more than I liked him
2: Yeah. so, so overall though inside out um, love it or hate it you have to at least appreciate the fact that it Far, It went far beyond expectations. Um, they initially expected it to make $60 million in its opening weekend. It made $91 million, mm-hmm. which oh. is excellent. Simply because here you have an original concept, an original film that did well. I think I've read somewhere it's actually the best opening for any original film Right,
0: not not a sequel, and not based on anything
2: else. Yeah, and not a remake.
0: And the last one that held this record until now was actually Avatar, which made seventy-seven million. That's fourteen million difference. Like that's a lot.
2: So get to working on Inside Out Land. That's all I got. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Frozen
0: made sixty-seven something million, and look how huge it is. And I have a feeling they're gonna tuck Inside Out under the rug. I, I may be wrong.
2: The sad thing about it to me is, uh, well, there's, there is a downside. This is the first time Pixar has not opened at number one. Despite the $91 million, it still came up about $10 million short of Jurassic World oh, in well. its second yeah, week.
0: Yeah, but my gosh.
2: But Jurassic World is Jurassic World. Jurassic um,
0: World broke another record this weekend by breaking a billion dollars faster than any other movie has. Wow. So.
2: But they have... They are missing... They sorry they are missing such a huge opportunity to have inside out be relevant in the parks you have the wonders of life pavilion sitting well they haven't
1: had any time yet yeah yeah give it time but
2: i'm just saying i don't i just don't see it happening because they closed wonders of wonders of life and the rumor was wonders of life was closed because it was uh unsafe or like I even heard at one point that the building was sitting over a sinkhole, but they still use that <laughs> they still for do stuff. There, no, that's garden, not it. And so clearly, the building is safe enough that the public can use it. That would fit. Wonder Inside Out would fit perfectly in the Wonders of Life Pavilion. In mm-hmm. Cranium Command. Yeah, just just theme the whole thing to Inside Out and have you know all these different. Well, aspects I don't know about the stuff. whole thing. Yeah, I say do the whole thing and that Cranium
1: would, Command. though, that was a that'd be a very relevant way to bring back. A classic attraction with a fresh face.
2: Just as long as I don't have to hear about Martin Short being in his well they could use Firm state <laughs> oh that was the making of me <laughs> yeah. but you know bring, bring have an attraction led by joy have an attraction led by sadness you know all these kind of things <laughs> I want to go write sadness that sounds so fun
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think cranium command will be enough if they redo that and could put some nice animatronics in there and it was a good show again people would love it
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're right, Matt. I think it's a little too soon to tell because they have done one thing already, and that I don't know if you saw videos or anything, but they they do a little pre parade before the Pixar Play Parade over at Disney California Adventure. Mm-hmm. And now Jeremy and we were there, I don't know if you remember, but they threw together a pre-parade for Frozen. Frozen, yeah. And it was clearly thrown together. I think they reused one of their Christmas floats, and they just stood on there and waved. But I gotta say, I was pretty impressed with this inside-out float. First of all, the characters are articulated, so their their mouths move. They have the actual actor's voices coming through and making all sorts of jokes, like, oh, look at that kid in his ice cream cone, it's hot. Anger even has real fire Shoot out of his head. They've got it kind of look, it kind of reminded me of FAO Schwartz. Remember, they used to have all the balls going through like a giant pinball machine looking thing, and that's what this float is like. So, I was actually pretty impressed with what they put together.
2: Here's going to be the difference maker or the or what's going to tell us how it does in this second weekend. Yeah, because if it ends up being where it goes from 91 million to you know 10 million. Uh, then that's going to be the, the difference maker as far as what we're going to see in the parks. Frozen was one of those things that... Frozen did not open at number one. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, but Frozen maintained its popularity and even though it was only number two, I say only number two, but it was number two, uh, it maintained its presence at the box office and it maintained its you know popularity throughout. If Frozen is just a flash in the pan where it's really popular opening weekend and everybody loves it but nobody goes to see it at second weekend then it will die off. So if it can repeat the success of Frozen as far as being relevant for a longer period of time, we might have more inside-out relevancy in the parks.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of opening number two, let's go over to Animal Kingdom. (laughs) where (laughs) where,
2: Very nice transition there. Thank you.
0: Thank you. If you have not been following along on Disney social media... Animal Kingdom opened a new sweets shop called Zuri's and it's at the new Harambe market which we've talked about quite a bit on the show which sells the new sausages and corn dogs and all those things. Well in this sweets shop as well as in the new Starbucks that is there they're selling you know your typical packaged treats like Rice Krispie treats. They've got some African spice popcorn and they're, they now sell bottled barbecue sauce from Flame Tree Barbecue. Uh, so several African inspired things. But they also have a little, what are those, like, those counters where they make fresh goods every day. And to many people's surprise, they are selling a snack called Match the Species. And they are snacks that literally resemble animal dung. (laughs) And they have four different varieties. And I'm going to describe them here. Um, They have giraffe, giraffe poop, which is chocolate fudgy brownie bites with caramel. They have cotton-top tamarind poop, which are pretzel pearls coated in chocolate peanut butter fudge with sweet rolled oat flakes, elephant poop, Mm. Jeremy's favorite, chocolate peanut butter fudge with sweet rolled oats and yellow coconut flakes, and hippo poop, which is chocolate fudge caramel brownie with peanut butter and rolled oats. All right, what are your thoughts?
2: I have very strong, I have a very strong opinion about this. This is- Imagine- this is the grossest, like, classiest, the classless list. I don't know what the word is. I hate this. Really? I, I hate it. I hated it from the first time I saw it. I completely think this is below Disney. I think it's disgusting. I I just hate it. I, I hate everything about it. Why are you going to go to that base level of humor and that base level of intelligence and just pander to the lowest common denominator. we have poop for sale that you can eat <laughs> I mean that's like 7th grade gym class you know <laughs> taking the fudge I was going to say, this reminds me of when I used to purchase the um,
1: the vending machine brownies you know the kind that are kind of yes! clean, and they have the nuts in them and we would roll them up in the logs and throw them in the hall somewhere and pretend like it's poop, like ha, ah, poop. But <laughs> no, I, I think this is kind of clever, and I, I think it's going to sell a lot too. I think it's going to sell a lot to children and I teenagers. Think it's clever, know, but it's just and like adults, you know, like oh, you bring Ugh. grandma and grandpa, like let's go eat poop. <laughs> and then you buy it; they're going to buy it. It's going to sell like crazy.
0: I think it's genius. Someone today tweeted pictures of the Animal Kingdom sweets compared to the real animal poop, it's incredible how close they got. Like, the little coconut flakes on the elephant looks just like the hay that always gets thrown onto elephant yeah. poop at the park. But you oh don't my find
2: that to be disgusting? like Absolutely
0: what? Am I going to order it? Absolutely. Uh, I bet you don't have
1: the same feelings about your
2: Harry Potter earwax jelly beans, do you? Exactly. No, I think that's gross, too, but that's universal. No, here's my thing. There's a song in the musical Chicago called whatever happened to class or yeah. class or whatever. And that's all I could hum in my head when I was <laughs> f- scrolling Isn't through Twitter like a, and watching people saying, Ooh, I just tried the elephant poop and it was good. Ooh, I, I didn't care for the hippo that's poop. What, I'm like, that's what's going to sell. Oh, it's just wrong. I mean, it's just, it's just, Goofless. It's just gross. Honestly,
0: I, I was I was proud of them because we didn't get our umpteenth cupcake. Um, the fact that they're doing yeah. something original, I was just like, Way to go, Animal Kingdom, way to keep it. I'll
2: give them that it's not a cupcake and that it is original, but I just find it to be I don't know, you know, six flags level. I don't see this as being Disney's Animal Kingdom. You know, there's some there's something about a hierarchy and 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 a level of expectation. And when you go to a restaurant at Disney and say, please give me the poo-poo platter, you know, I just find that to be (laughs) revolting.
0: Mm. Well, what I find to be revolting, and not many people agree with me.
2: Another transition, folks. Hang on.
0: Here it goes. Here it goes. (laughs) The cheese sauce that is at (laughs) Disney Parks. (laughs) This is just that gloopy, I'm sure it comes in those gallon-sized cans You can buy it at
2: Sam's for like $3 for a gallon can. It's like,
0: it gets all hard on top and it's plasticky. (laughs) For those of you who love this cheese sauce, I'm so sorry to tell you that it is no longer going to be offered for free at the condiments bars at quick service restaurants. Were you guys devastated?
1: That is probably a good thing. Well, I just think it's probably...
0: Well, no, but you see people
1: order like the chili cheese fries and then you get over there and you're like... Or they pay extra to have cheese fries as their side, which is just this cheese on the fries. I'm like you can just go over there and put it on
0: there. That's true. <laughs> well,
1: That's true. true. Or people that bring in their own sandwiches and stuff that and load up their own food <laughs> they brought.
0: Uh uh Oh my yeah, word. Yeah, you go in there. Yeah, you know, I did that once.
2: You go into Pecos Bills and they have the complimentary sidebar, so if you bring your own turkey you know, turkey on Swiss, then you can get the free tomatoes and you lettuce onion? and
1: Mushrooms, yeah. lettuce, tomatoes, nothing have the
2: works.
0: And cheese sauce, but not anymore. Whatever it, it, happened it to class? <laughs> uh-uh.
2: There we go. <laughs> yeah, these are also the people who ordered the poo-poo platter over at Animal Kingdom. But i that was on my list of news things to bring up as well. The cheese sauce, our long national nightmare has begun again because cheese sauce oh, is Ellen. no longer available, folks, so...
0: Well, we moved from one cheese fest to another. Oh, that wasn't my best transition. I'll work on that one.
2: Nah.
0: But, but Maleficent, that movie we all know and love, or in my case, the movie I never saw because it looked atrocious, is getting a sequel. Now, Jeremy, you liked Maleficent. Are you excited
2: about the sequel? Well, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was one of those things I saw in the theater and I haven't seen it since and I have no desire to see it again. And it has absolutely no merit or reason for a sequel. So I see. Why it's getting a sequel, I have no clue other than the fact that it made money. Yeah, yeah what Just, exactly can they do? Well, that's the thing, it's a prequel. So how are you going to make a sequel of a prequel? But
0: anyways. maybe it's the story of Sleeping Beauty but from her perspective. Does the sequel does the prequel get into that? I don't think so. Okay.
2: But see, then the problem with that I is think- well, maybe I don't remember. Like I said, if I saw it, I was entertained for two hours. I'd never really thought about it again. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if you're going to do it from her perspective, which maybe the movie goes into that, I can't remember. I kind of confuse it with Cinderella a little bit in my mind. But how are you going to tell the story of Sleeping Beauty from Maleficent's point of view without making Aurora then the bad victim? It's can other things.
0: That's true.
1: Well, not the villain, but maybe there's a misunderstanding. Like this one, you know, there's a uh, misunderstanding between Stefan and Maleficent and, um, what's happening. Grunted.
2: Oh.
0: I'm so tired of this whole, I misunderstood. Like, ugh. Just quit, oh, no, quit okay. changing <laughs> classic stories being like, oh, we didn't get the whole story.
1: Well, you know, um, you remember that, uh, you remember that did y'all have to read the play by Tom Stoppard called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead? No. Well, in Hamlet, I think it's Hamlet or Macbeth 1, the two guys just are just like passerbys in the play, the Shakespeare play, obviously. I mean, like they have like two lines apiece. They're like there and they're gone. Well, Tom Stoppard wrote this play... Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, in which they're the main characters. And so as they're going throughout their whole story, which is a completely different story, the whole action and plot of Hamlet is kind of going on in the background. But it's not the main focus. You just know that's what's going on, and these two guys are doing their whole thing. Hmm. So, you know, you can take something like that, take a big picture from Maleficent's side, and like, hey, all these other things are going on, twist things to make them
0: a misunderstanding, quote-unquote, And then you have a whole different story. Right, that's what the last act of Wicked does. You get into Wizard of Oz, but you see what was going on behind the scenes Mm. with the Wicked Witch. So,
2: I just feel like Maleficent, you know, Angelina Jolie was a great Maleficent. She was the perfect choice for casting that. For what it was, it was okay. You know, it was, Maybe she'll
1: turn evil in this one, like really evil.
2: Well, that's the only thing is if you're going to do it, you have to turn her to be a, a villain because then you're really kind of stomping on some sacred ground there with Sleeping Beauty. But I don't know. We'll,
0: we'll see. Only time will tell.
2: You'll see. Whatever makes money.
0: Yeah, when it will. And I'm sure they're paying her a buttload to make oh, this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, well, the only other piece of news I had is that we are having some technical difficulties tonight, and that is why our sound is not so great. But it's okay; we'll be back on track next week. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll cross our fingers and hope hope for the best. It's
2: the background music, the things unseen. It's the hidden gems and things in between. Though perhaps hard to spot, we sure love them a lot. It's the small things after all. My small thing, that little part of Disney that makes me just feel joy, that it's often overlooked. and <laughs> Quit <laughs> licking it. It's overlicked. Please, please stop. Stop <laughs> it. That small part of Disney that is often overlooked and maybe not appreciated as much. For me, I'm going to go to the Morocco Pavilion in Epcot. And that is when you go into Morocco and when you have your back to the World Showcase Lagoon, looking into the pavilion, to your left, across from the fountain, you will find two wooden doors. Now, there's no signage. There's nothing that indicates that these doors lead to anything of importance. In fact, they almost seem intimidating in the sense of, ooh, I shouldn't go in there because that's only cast members. They're or closed. It's, they're closed. It's just a facade. But when you ooh. open them, there is a nice little treat inside, and that is the Morocco – I have the name uh, – the Morocco Gallery of <laughs> Arts and History. And what's inside is just, yeah. uh, it's almost like a little mini museum in that they have some historical uh, exhibits and artifacts inside that kind of tell some of the history of, of Morocco. But the thing that makes it my small thing is that it's just an unknown. Uh, is that a word? Underknown? Known? Little known. <laughs> no, no, you're good with your words tonight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's just an an unknown little corner of Epcot that is wonderful to go in to get away from the crowds and get away from the heat. Uh, In fact, the last time I think I went in there to really retreat was the trip. I think maybe you and David and I took. Yeah, And we got some baklava or something from from morocco or from a a neighboring pavilion and we just were looking for a little peace and quiet and (laughs) don't laugh at my neighboring pavilion comment it was it was
0: Uh, from one it was from the morocco booth at the food and wine festival
2: that's it. And we went in there and we just enjoyed the quiet and the peace and the AC of the uh, gallery and arts gallery of arts and history. And to be
0: fair, we didn't really enjoy the gallery itself.
2: <laughs> no, we enjoyed the bench
1: inside of it. But okay. air conditioning, no people. I mean, it is one of the few places you can go sit where there's air conditioning, and most of the times, literally no people
0: there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know what's wonderful is that you almost, like the last time we were there, you almost get this sense of you're doing something wrong because people don't <laughs> come in there enough and you feel like you're in a space you're not supposed to be. And at least that's now You'll life.
1: see people look in and then not go in.
2: Yeah, they're like, what is this? Oh, this is a closed off area. Oh. <laughs> we're not supposed to... <laughs> yeah. And as entitled and rude as Americans are they seem to stay out of this, because if you put a closed door in, f- in somebody's face, they seem to not want to go in, especially without signage or anything. So this is a great escape, pl- uh, escape spot to just get away from the crowds, to relax, to enjoy, and to rest. So, I hesitate telling our... All- tens and tens of fans this, because I don't want them to bum-rush the space. But Well, no,
0: when people try to walk in and they already look kind of nervous, you say, oh, cast members only. And like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they just yeah. leave. Because it, it really does look like a facade, or it looks like a place you're not supposed to go in at all. But it's right before the Fez house, if you know where I'm talking about, across from the restaurant. So there you go.
0: Yeah, well, I'll go next. One of the things I appreciate at Disney World that often goes overlooked takes place in Pirates of the Caribbean, Matt's favorite attraction. But this moment when you're when you've come down the hill slope with whatever, the drop um and you the flume. see Okay. When you come to the bottom of the hill and the cannons are firing and there's a big pirate ship there, when you look up, you see the starry night sky. And every single time I ride that, I am just amazed by that because even newer attractions, we've talked about Little Mermaid how they didn't do a very good job of making you feel like you're outside because you see the the beams and the pipes and the exit signs. Pirates of the Caribbean, it's over 40 years old and you still look up and it feels like you are outside even though you're in this cavern. But I love it. I think it is Mm -hmm. still one of the greatest effects at Disney World. And in fact, people probably get tired of it. But every time I ride on it with someone new, like when I took my family, I was like, notice the sky. It feels (laughs) like you're outside.
2: Look at the cloud going by. There there is a cloud.
0: Yeah, it's so cool to me. It never gets old. There
2: are clouds. And look at the pirate's hairy leg. Ooh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, not so much.
2: Wait, what? What? The one, the pirate hairy leg that hands that hangs over the edge there.
0: Oh, he's drinking.
2: What edge?
0: When you go right, under the bridge,
2: right before the final scene of the jail. I don't think
0: I know this. Yes, there's the one yes! sitting. He's holding his drink. <laughs> oh, you little. I
2: was like, he's, I know this. he's he fine. got
0: us. He bested us.
2: Mm, you Joker joke. What a hairy leg? These are <laughs> Disney
1: jokes. Uh, My small thing also comes to us from World Showcase and from the Canadian Pavilion. And I even hesitated to call this a small thing because it's not very small at all. It's very big, but it is overlooked. Because unless you were actually venturing up into the Canadian Pavilion to go down to watch the Circle Vision film Old Canada, you might miss this, (laughs) this very large... Section of Canada, and that is what's located on the backside of that large building, and down into this—I don't know—they've created this massive waterfall, mm-hmm. and it's like you go up some stairs. There's a great picture moment. There's a massive waterfall. It's—it's it's very much like the um, the entrance to be our guest, except I think it's bigger. And there are places to sit, and then there are little boardwalks, kind of, um, I don't even know what to call it, like a little wooden walkways around the lanterns there, very quaint, northwest, you know, coast, Pacific, northwest, wilderness kind of thing. Um, it's just a very picturesque place that you wouldn't otherwise notice unless you were going back there to watch the uh, the attraction, which not many people do.
2: That is one of the only places outside, that is the only place Outside of the wedding pavilion that you can rent a Disney wedding. You can have your Disney wedding right there at the waterfall in the in the Canada. Uh, really pavilion. That makes sense. every yep. guest
0: has to pay a hundred dollars to get into the park.
2: <laughs> oh, that I don't know about, but I would assume yes. <laughs> but you can actually have your wedding right there. You can do your little vow ceremony. So
0: that's a good one. I love that spot. I didn't even know it was there the first few times I went. 'Cause we didn't go see the Martin Short show. So
2: Yeah, that's wonderful because think about I mean, that's a very I imagine that cost a lot of money to do and took a lot of thought to make a nice so elaborate. Yeah, and then yet it's tucked behind something. It's not even like a main feature. You know, if you go to yeah, another theme park, some some kind of waterfall like that would be like a main feature to a land or something. Nope, it's, it's hidden very in the Epcot. Too. Yeah. If just, you look up, they use a lot of forced perspective with mm-hmm. the um with the different level,
1: the different the smaller trees in the middle and the really small ones on top. It, they put a lot of effort into that that big waterfall back there. Oh. And it's cool too. You know, if it's a hot day, you can get a little mist back there. Yeah. Yeah. Yay Canada. Deeper into Canada. Eh?
0: I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> 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 Bumble, 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 bumble,
2: bumble, 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 bumble,
0: if you've been following our podcast for some time, you might know that we've been doing a series over the last few months where we discuss the animated films uh, released by Walt Disney Animation Studios. So this does not include *Lion King* one and a half or *Pocahontas* two or all of those sequels. This is just the Walt Disney Animation Studios, and we've been going decade by decade and talking about where you can find these films in the parks. Now. When we got to the 50s, there was, there was quite a bit to talk about. 60s, a little bit less. Now that we're in the 70s, there is even less. So let's dive right in.
2: Well, that's why tonight I'm wearing my Afro wig and my disco shoes, because we're in the 1970s. So. Exactly.
0: So let's start with 1970, which was Saturday Night Fever. Where can we <laughs> find this in the park? No, no, no. <laughs> no, 1970 is the first year a movie came out this decade, and it was the Aristocats, now let's talk about the movie first, Jeremy. On our website, you have mentioned that this is your least favorite Disney film. Is that still the case?
2: Absolutely. This what? this movie has no redeemable aspect to it. Um, even the music. I mean, I compare. Don't even movies, say that.
0: The music the, is fantastic.
2: My lowest Disney movies are The Aristocats and Home on the Range. And Home you're not on the Range.
0: Sense to me right
2: now. <laughs> Home on the Range has better mu- music than the Aristocats, but uh, I mean, I can still get down with uh, some. Everybody lo- wants to be a cat, but I just hate this movie to the point of I just don't enjoy it. It just makes me mad. As far as the storyline is just you're stupid. making me mad. Yeah. What about this storyline makes sense? This old woman leaves her fortune to her cats shut up no stupid no
0: okay I totally agree with that as- aspect why would you leave money to cats that makes no sense but I love the characters in this she's home an
1: eccentric
0: yeah she is you're right you're right she's an old cat lady um <laughs> okay I love the three siblings now I grew up with with two siblings myself so maybe that's part of it a brother and sister but I, I love the sisters the geese they make me laugh. Um, the, their drunk uncle. I love Thomas O'Malley. I love the Scat Cat band. I, I think this movie is a lot of fun. It's not in my top ten or anything, but I love the shots of Paris. and I, I don't know. I It's far from the worst.
2: Now, this film is the second of what I like to call the Phil Harris trilogy. Yeah. In that you have Phil Harris who plays basically the same character <laughs> in these three movies as far as being this... Good time, Charlie. Just enjoying the day. Hey, hey, enjoy life. No worries. Kind of a character. So Thomas. Yeah, well, he
1: literally plays the same character. And well, we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, you know, Thomas O'Malley is this kind of free, free, uh, enjoy the day, live for the moment kind of character. I can enjoy that. When you listen to him talk. Yeah, you get that feel of like, hey, hey, it's Yeah, Phil we Harris.
0: talked about in Jungle Book how he scats and ad libs some and he does almost the exact same thing in the Arissa cats, he scats. But that's okay. You, you you do what you do, Phil Harris.
2: But as far as presence in the yeah. parks, I feel like this film has plenty of presence in the parks. I don't really? want I don't want any cat woman oh. uh, uh, attraction. I don't want an Aristocats dark ride. <laughs> cat okay,
0: <woman> a Catwoman <laughs> attraction would be something <laughs> totally know. different.
2: I want to see a... Aristocats it, yeah. dark ride would be fabulous. No, 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 no. There are what's better the, films that need dark rides than um, Aristocats. What's the white
1: cat's name, little girl? Marie. She uh, She meets on Main Street USA, which is so random.
0: Yeah, sometimes she also and meets, she in, meets France in France. Sometimes, France, yeah. France. See, here's my every question. every time
1: I'm on Main Street, I see her there.
0: Here's my question: Why just Marie? When you watch that movie, she is not elevated above Toulouse and uh, Berlioz at all. So why does she just meet and not the brothers? Maybe she has some appeal.
1: I think there's some merchandising appeal that was already going on there, which is why they brought her in as a as a meet and greet, a regular meet and greet. Okay. Yeah, I think since she's they the female. thought They trick little girls into thinking she's Hello Kitty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's genius.
1: <laughs> the Japanese consumer. Hey, look at the same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: But if you're going to have an, an attraction, let's say in the France Pavilion, a dark ride, I would rather see a Ratatouille attraction. I'd rather see a Sleeping Beauty attraction. I'd rather see a Beauty and the Beast attraction over Aristocats. So, that's well,
0: sure. I would, too. Well,
2: somebody might have said that about Mr. Toad back in the day. Mm. I just don't find any charm in this film. I mean, I can find any, just about anything redeemable in just about any Disney film. I so
1: you said this be. has representation enough in the parks. Other than her meeting and greeting, what were you thinking?
2: No, that's enough. You see the little white <laughs> kitty meeting and, and greeting with the children. That's enough. And I guarantee won't well, tell you... Children, you talk to if you were to go survey the children in line to. I'm about prove meet you wrong on this. Marie. I'm about to prove you wrong. Today. Marie, that's her name. Marie, Maria, Marie, but whatever. The white kitty. If you talk to the children, that's all they know her as. Is the white kitty? Ooh, kitty cat. Let's go meet kitty cat. You ask no, it, no, "What no, no, movie no, no, is no. this from?" I don't know. I just what does she say? No, I don't know. It's the kitty cat. Ooh, I want to meet a kitty I'll... cat. Okay. <laughs> Your ignorance. (laughs) I just got
1: back from a student camp with a load of middle school girls Uh that were on this trip. And talking to them about Disney movies that are their favorites, not a small number said that their favorites was the Aristocats. Really? Really? And they know exactly who Marie is. And they know everybody wants to be a cat. And I was very surprised. Like, the Aristocats?
0: Like the aristocats yeah. and they're
2: like yeah, in yeah the yeah, beast yeah. or over aladdin over frozen and i thought yeah, well, yes maybe we... we know
0: the disney films thank you
2: i was like this this can be maybe attributed to
1: uh you know nostalgic factor that they just watched it as a grandma but it was a collection of these girls and i'm like well disney did re-release aristocats what in 2008 ish i want to say On DVD, and maybe their parents bought it for them then. They would have been, what, seven years ago? They would have been, you know, three or four, five. I was like, well, that's the Disney genius in re-releasing these. And they grow up thinking, you know, they're just something they grew up with. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I beg to differ on the fact that they don't know who they're meeting.
0: Yeah. Well, um, Marie is the only one I can think of that's in the parks now. But two years ago, Disney Parks blog actually released a vintage Disney blog. (laughs) And they showed a picture of the Scat Cats meeting, which I thought was really cool. They even played a set Wow! in the Plaza Pavilion at Magic Kingdom. They would play Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. They had a drum set.
2: That I can get behind.
0: Yeah, I I was like, bring that back. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, that I enjoy.
0: Yeah. I have a bone to pick with you, Jeremy, actually. When we did the Name That Tune game Uh weeks and weeks ago... When I got Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, you just did the, uh, everybody. Well, of course, you just hummed it. But you forgot, like, the entire first 90% of the song. I mean, I did, too, until mm-hmm. I watched this film recently. But the, everybody wants to be a cat. Anyway. Yeah, well, I was just yeah. saying, what's if the everybody most?
2: Everybody wants to be a cat. That's the most recognizable part, is the yeah, but everybody you even, wants to be a cat part.
0: You even said something like, that's all I know. But it sounded like you were just shouting at me. <laughs> anyway that's why i lost is basically what i'm trying to say get over
2: it now there is a great there is a great um album out if you enjoy some of that classical jazz not classical but jazz kind of feel um where it's i forget the name of it i have it in my itunes i think it's called everybody wants to be a cat but it's um all these really well-known jazz artists reinterpreting Disney songs as jazz classics. That's cool. And uh so look that up if you enjoy that Aristocats feel of jazz music.
0: Well talking about songs, mm-hmm. I think Scales and Arpeggios is also really good. That was one of the Sherman Brothers tunes, but maybe that's just me, I don't know.
2: No, I enjoy it. I mm. I'll give you that, but I still think the music for Home on the Range is better as a collective package.
0: Okay. Let's move on from that movie that has very little representation to another movie that has very little representation, and that is 1973's Robin Hood.
2: Now, let me jump on what Matt said as far as nostalgia goes, because this movie has incredible nostalgia to me, because this was one of the... You know, like when our generation, we grew up with VHSs and the Disney VHS, which had the different packaging than normal VHS, so that made them special. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was one of the, not few, but one of the ones my family owned. So, obviously, we watched it and rewatched it over and over. So, I have a special attachment to Robin Hood, simply on a nostalgic level. Now, looking at it objectively, I can see its flaws, but... Um, it has none. <laughs> Has <have> no
0: flaws <laughs> okay I'm gonna disagree with you I haven't seen this in years and this whole time I was thinking I was getting it confused with bed knobs and broomsticks the whole soccer game I thought that was Robin Hood all these years and so when I watched it on Netflix a couple weeks ago not only was I disappointed that it was not that but I was also disappointed because I just didn't find it to be very good
2: it's easy to get them mixed up You're because both the king is the same king, pretty much. Exactly. The lion, Prince John. Uh, this, well, their movie, brother. this movie is um, the epitome of what you find as far as Disney reusing animation and reusing characters. Mm-hmm. Like, there there's several scenes, like the dancing scene with Maid Marian and the common people is exactly the same as the dancing scene with Snow White and the dwarves. Um, there's several instances like that. You, can, I think there's like a, even a BuzzFeed article that shows the repeat animation that they used, and most of them involve Robin Hood. Um, but then you have Little John, who essentially is <laughs> blue in a darker fur. No, hey, look, what's that? Um, what's that? What's that woman's name?
1: The whole NAACP lady. What's her name? The one oh. who didn't get in trouble. <laughs> She is saying she is black. Rachel, whatever her name
0: is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this yeah.
1: this is, is blue. He's identifying as a brown bear instead of a gray bear. We need to leave that alone. Oh, that my is word. okay. Oh my word. Well, no, but no, no. again, no, 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 no. I will not. I will not tolerate. I will not even listen. <laughs>
0: Okay. this no, Listen, of, I, the, I like the shtick of them being of, at the beginning where it's like, and this is the bear, and this was the snake. I really like that, but I felt like they tried to stretch that into an hour and a half movie when it would have made a really good 30-minute TV special.
2: You have Ka from Jungle there Book. There are listen, so Agony. many good
0: lines from this movie.
1: Just the opening scene alone in the carriage, the royal carriage with, with Prince John and Sir Hiss. Yes. Oh my goodness. That whole little thing there and and his personality, whoever did the voice for Prince John. I mean he's literally my se- second John favorite Disney villain ever. The
2: forest, ooda-lally, ooda-lally, golly, what a day. That was free. You don't have to pay for it. He's literally
1: my second favorite Disney villain ever. Wow.
2: That's a pretty strong, strong statement. Only right too maleficent because he's so
0: That's weird because he's getting a live action film next year. <laughs>
1: I would watch it for sure. <laughs> no, his thing, his little, his chemistry with Sir uh, with Sir His is is terrific, and that little scene with Sir His, Prince John, and Little John in the, the the booth, the royal booth at the archery festival thing competition, that is gold. P-A. P-A. Let's PJ, let's go.
2: <laughs> let's go to the music aspect of it. Um, the love.
1: It won an It won an award for love.
2: The song Love, though, is the epitome of 70s romance music <laughs> Absolutely. at the time. Well, exactly. <laughs> like It's but just it like might- Captain Captain and Tennille came <laughs> in and started the Carpenters started singing a Disney oh, song. Yeah. But, but the other one, Roger, uh, whatever his last name is, the country singer who sang, who did the, the voice of the rooster and the narrator and sang the songs. Okay. I really like Not in, Notting- Not in Nottingham. That's a good song. Okay. So.
0: Well, let's talk about where you can find it in the parks. And that is nowhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, that's not true. Because yeah. remember, what was it during the limited time magic? They had the car-
0: long lost friends. Yeah. yeah and,
2: and they came out. So that shows that they're because they, that was voted on. Right. As far I as. So, I remember. Yeah. And they it came is out. a
1: goal of mine to meet Prince John. Yeah.
2: You know, the last time I saw Prince My John, soul. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Modern Family the sitcom went to Disneyland and as part of oh, that yeah. plot the the ex-boyfriend of the oldest daughter yeah, tries yeah, to yeah. get back to her, and he is in the costume of Prince John and mm. he talks little to John. her Little John excuse he, me Little John yeah That's he talks person. to her in the costume as himself which totally breaks, like, Mm. the code of Disney characters and costume, which was weird that they would allow that and promote that almost in a sense. But that's really the – I just thought that was an interesting choice as well, that they chose Little John as that character. But anyways. The Whistle Stop, for one thing,
1: it's iconic in and of its own right. It just reappeared on a – Google commercial, I want to say.
2: Yes, yeah, with the animals. The little They show little animals playing together and they sing the yeah. lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's the oodle
1: not the whistle stop, but the whistle stop is iconic too, so I won't hear any of it. I won't hear any okay. but they're well, not in the park,
0: so there you go. Well, the long-lost <laughs> friends thing kind of bugged me, because it's like, obviously those costumes exist somewhere, and they're just hanging in a closet, yeah. not being used, mm-hmm. and Robin Hood has no representation except these characters that you never see. I don't understand. And and
2: even if Robin Hood, the film, is not popular, Robin Hood in general is popular and well-known as far as the story goes. Yeah. So there's no reason why, especially when you have a fantasy land that is themed to a renaissance, um, there's no reason why there's no Robin Hood representation.
0: What's the name of the forest?
2: Sherwood.
0: Okay, yeah, because I feel like they could even do something, like some shop that's like Sherwood. Forest well, I got goodness.
2: it. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to that. Sherwood Forest Cody That is your own gold right there, Derek. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah, where
2: the taxes would be insanely high.
0: Yes, that would be great.
2: Well, yeah. as a child, you know that scene where Robin Hood sneaks in, he's going to break out his friends out of jail? Yeah. And that he also, mm-hmm. they use the rope and tie the money bags to the rope to get them out as well. Yeah. As a child, I would watch that and feel such anxiety and stress about them getting caught each every time I watched it. So I I found this film to be, you know, again there's a nostalgic level, but I love it. So hmm. bring on Robin Hood. Um, okay. Well, here's an interesting
1: fact: um, Nutzy and Trigger, the two vultures at the end, yes. were also worthy of being classic Disney characters. Not to mention that Thurl Ravenscroft is in this film uh, several times. But uh, Nutsy and Trigger, one of their voices is, um, uh, oh, good grief, what's his name? George Lindsay, uh, Goober, Goober Pyle hmm. from Andy Griffith Show.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And was... I have met him and have his autograph. Really?
0: Wow. Where was that?
1: Mm-hmm. He came in the UPS store in Nashville all the time
0: oh. when I worked there.
2: Wow. All the time. Yeah.
0: Matt worked there. He didn't just hang out at the UBS store in Nashville.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just hung around. Who would show up? No, Um. this film to me, you know, like when you're a little kid, films feel like you you don't understand that these are people acting. There's almost this feel that it's real. You know what I mean? But this film, the mm-hmm. way that you had rehashing of characters from previous films, particularly The Jungle Book. I think it was the first time I realized that, like, oh, these are actors; these are people that play parts, even as animated characters. I'm like, oh, that's the bear from the Jungle Book; he just looks different, <laughs> or oh, that's the snake from Jungle Book; he just looks different, or oh, those those vultures are from Jungle Book; they just look different, or the lion from Bedknobs and Broodsticks. So, um, this
0: is explaining so much of what I know about you, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, let's move on because we've got two movies left, and they actually both came out in 1977, only three months apart, which I find very weird. Um, but the first was the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Now we're talking.
2: Well, this film it no came out in, in seven, the park. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This came out in 77, though, because these films were actually animated like in the 60s, these shorts, and so they were just packaged together in 77. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so they there wasn't a lot of work as far as in the '70s they were already done. They just kind of stitched them together. But no, they, they definitely piece them together with the live
1: action narrator and the the images and the pages turning to the next story and so on. Okay, yeah, this
2: okay. this is the first time that Disney said, "Hey, we can make a quick buck here if we just piece these together and sell them as one shot, even though we have these shorts." But again, I love them. Yeah, and they are nostalgic to me
0: and the attraction the mini adventures of winnie the pooh which is a magic kingdom really takes from every single story that's in the movie which i think is kind of cool because you've got the blustery day where you've got Piglet holding onto that broom about to fly away tigger comes in you've got the heffalumps and woozles you've got the boat your boat starts to like rock in the water when it's the rain 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 came down down down
2: this this movie also features this rivals the scene in dumbo with the humpalumps and loos and Woozles. What as far you, as being wait wait hump-a-lump. wait wait, say them again. <laughs> the yeah. <heff-a-lumps. laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Heffalumps and Very Woozles. Good. Very good. Uh, what about this <laughs> 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 this My ten got tangled. Uh, this rivals that scene as far as being the weirdest and trippiest Yeah. Disney animated scene. Between that and the pink elephants on parade. Yeah, the heffa-lumpsum-oozles. Yeah. Um, You know, just that sort of, like, trippy, like, what's going on? What does this have to do with anything? You know, I feel like I tripped acid. Uh, (laughs) You know, when he dreams, it's so weird. And to the point that it's interesting to me that they include, is it this scene or is it the, the pink elephant's? Maybe it's both that they actually include in the villains uh, for fireworks during the Halloween party as well. So
0: the pink elephants, I think, is fantastic at Disneyland, right?
2: Okay. Yes.
0: Oh, are you saying it could be in both though?
1: I don't remember. off-time. Oh, okay. yeah, they're yeah. not so malicious though. The heflumps and woozles are there to steal, kill, and destroy. The pink elephants are just kind of in the, the drunken, the drunken stupor of Dumbo and Timothy Mouse. But here's the the, the fun part about the. Um, I noticed something watching that Disneyland Forever fireworks show. In that, in and I don't want to spoil anything for you guys going, but when I was watching it, I noticed that some of the environmental projections on the Main Street buildings, you know, that they're using yeah. during the Winnie the Pooh sequence, the Heffalumps and Woozles, they used some images from Pink Elephants on Parade,
2: Oh which I thought was I thought was interesting. Well, I confuse them very easily as well because they're both trippy elephants. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I really
0: like this attraction. I always have. It's very short, but I really like uh-huh. each and every scene. I love that Pepper's ghost effect where he's dreaming and like he comes out of his oh, body. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's so cool.
1: It needs, but, I told you this uh, recently on something. I don't remember what it was, but it needs a little bit of repair. Yeah. It needs some just some touching up. Yeah. But
2: it is a nice little attraction. Yeah. But here's the thing: Winnie the Pooh, for every generation since it has been a Disney uh, entity, has some level of nostalgia for every generation. For our generation, I think about even the kids that are, you know, now there is. There's been an element of Winnie the Pooh, and that. Universe in their lives. So there's always going to be a place for yeah. Pooh at the Magic Kingdom or, or in the Disney...
0: Yeah, it's at the Animal Kingdom sweet shop.
2: Well, yeah. even... Th- th- <laughs> do you remember there a couple years ago there was that big merchandise push and maybe still for sale where you had Winnie the Pooh with the magnifying glass... <laughs> I can't talk tonight. With the magnifying glass in his safari outfit and he's looking at yeah, an looking actual at picture... Higher of a tiger and he says is that you tigger so yeah he has a presence at yeah, at animal kingdom there when that merchandise so.
0: yeah i was actually talking about the the poop
2: Snacks. oh the poop oh yeah <laughs> i didn't catch that yeah i know, ah! I know. I missed it. <laughs>
0: um but it's funny because the aristocats only marie meets robin hood no one meets but then with winnie the pooh you can meet eeyore tigger piglet winnie the pooh in the springtime you can meet rabbit it's like it's all sorts of characters might as well bring out gopher and owl I wish they had Owl. Yeah. Well, because, oh,
2: man. again, you've had more than just one film. Aristocats, you had one film. Robin Hood, you, went, you had one film. Winnie the Pooh, you had a film in 77. Then you had a film in 2011. You had a TV show in the 80s. You had straight-to-DVD releases. I mean, goodness, three, four, five of those. Yeah. Uh, you had another TV show that was just in the 2000s that was kind of trippy as well with the puppets what was that thing called my friend and then you had my friend winnie the pooh as well which was the cg uh so you've had several rehashing of Pooh, if you would uh throughout time that again connects to different generations
0: i would i will um uh, listen i'm not complaining i love winnie the pooh and i think all four of those characters that you can meet are great like those costumes really really work well in my opinion
2: Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace—that's the best place to meet Pooh. There
0: you go. Well, you have to pay now, a lot of money. I've been
2: trying
1: to say that for like five minutes, and then you just say it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but Crystal Palace—that is, is a great point, best. Jeremy. Nope, nope, nope. It is the best and worst character meal, depending on
2: which time of the day you're eating there. Is 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 there a Winnie the Pooh meet and greet anywhere in Hollywood Studios?
0: No. I have never met them there.
2: Then you can meet Pooh in three of the four parks at Walt Disney World. Where
0: is he in Epcot? Britain?
2: Britain, in the UK. In the back of the toy shop, in the back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have turned that into a Pooh meet and greet with Pooh and Tigger. So, there you go. Three of the four.
0: I would like to meet Rabbit someday. I don't know. Is he in Disney World? I saw pictures of him at Disneyland Mm, this year.
2: Not that I can think of. The only time I would think that you might meet him is around
0: Easter. Yeah.
2: I would line up
1: for a pretty long time for a pretty long time to meet Al and Gopher. Yeah. Mm.
2: Good luck with that. That would be nice. Yeah. And you know what? The, yeah. the way the trends go, I wouldn't be surprised if we have another reincarnation of a Winnie the Pooh series, either on Disney Channel or some aspect of it. Well, soon. we have the live action movie
1: coming up. That's soon.
2: true. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. So yeah. there you go. Another generation exposed to Winnie the Pooh.
0: <laughs> That's right. We already cast that film. So I don't know why they're sitting on their rear ends not doing anything.
2: Well, I cast it, <laughs> but they're gonna go with mine. That's yeah, right, with yeah. John Lovett starring as Winnie the Pooh. So, uh,
0: okay, well, that brings us to our final film of the 1970s, released just three years after, three months after *Mini Adventures* of Winnie the Pooh, and mm-hmm. that is *The Rescuers*.
2: Well, let's stop there and just say the the 1970s for the Walt Disney <laughs> Animation was very low, uh, as far as. Creativity and releases. This, this, the the seventies and eighties are like the dark period of Disney animation. It's kind of depressing in many ways.
0: Yeah, Wikipedia, when when talking about the critical success of these films, said the Rescuers was the first real success since the Jungle Book and the last real success until the Little Mermaid, which was nineteen eighty
1: nine. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it completely wrong here. You've got it completely wrong in your estimation of the Disney dark ages. Because, like the Dark Ages, this was not a period of unproductivity. It was a period of regathering and reimagining. Oh, you, would okay. not have, you would not have the Renaissance without the Dark Ages. You would not have the animation Renaissance without the Dark Ages leading the way. And I have to say that, as a child, looking back on these, these last three movies, at least, Robin Hood and The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and The Rescuers, those were three of the ones I watched... Very, very often. Not even rescuers down there. I'm talking about rescuers with uh, Medusa and the whole nine yards because I love those swamp characters on there. The crocodile mm-hmm. and the, the lightning bug and the frog and all those things. Um, so I think we'd be jipping them to say these are the dark ages a little bit.
2: Yeah, okay. I would agree with that. But in the grand scope of Disney animation, you have to agree that these are not, these are not standout films.
0: Right. And Disney, it it seems, has almost tried to forget them. I mean, there's so little representation of them. And I'm not saying the parks have to slowly be about the movies. There are so many original attractions in Disney World that work so great, so I don't think it needs to be just, oh, we made another movie, let's throw it in the parks. But for these four films that have so little representation, it's just... yeah. The
1: rescuers are also sort of the precursor to... The modern Disney animated movie. Not that they didn't use celebrity voices before, but you use, you know, Bob, Bob Newhart, yeah, who was really big in the '70s, and um,
0: Eva Gabor,
1: yeah. You're using big, you know, I think big it's Ava big draw,
0: Eva Gabor,
2: yeah, yeah. And and I think too, yeah, this is definitely in an age where doing voiceovers was not popular because I remember. Um, the idea of celebrities doing voice overs in animated films was not really popular until Robin Williams did it for Aladdin, because B. Arthur was offered the role of uh, Ursula in Little Mermaid, and you she don't was, say, and she was saying, no, 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 that's beneath me as a as an actress. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, to get Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor, Gabor or Eva Gabor, whatever. No, I, th- you're I Gabor. think you're right. I think it's Ava. Ava Gabor is a pretty big deal I thought
0: so too, yeah I really like this film And obviously it was big enough to make a sequel Wasn't this the first movie that had a sequel?
2: Yeah, and up until we get Frozen 2 The only Disney film That has a sequel You know, you could stretch Fantasia, Fantasia 2000 But really as far as being
0: Kind of Winnie the Pooh But yeah, you're right, as far as being like number two
2: Yes Um, Now, did you have any references in the part? Because I could only think of one
0: What's yours?
2: The only time I can honestly remember seeing the rescuers. Now I've seen pictures of them being costume characters, but the only time I can think of my experience seeing the rescuers is they were in spectral magic. And when I say they were in spectral magic, they are non animated, uh, statues on one of the floats.
0: Oh, which float?
2: Oh my goodness. I should have (laughs) wrote that down. Well, uh,
0: because I've never seen them in the park. But I have seen the Celebrated Dream Come True parade, which ended last year, but apparently they were on the float there. If you look at the if you look really closely at the Aladdin genie float that was in Celebrated Dream Come True, there are these like they're actual sized mice in the very front. So no wonder yeah. I never saw them. But I've seen pictures now. Mm-hmm. What
2: I'm thinking from Spectral Magic is the exact same thing. They are like not regular sized mouse, but they're a little bigger than that, but not enough that you would notice. Right.
0: So why? Like, why even put them on there if no one's going to see them?
2: I guess it's just enough to make you go, oh, the rescuers. (laughs) But other than that, you know.
0: Yeah. But like you said, I have seen pictures of them appearing in the parks as normal meet and greet characters. But I personally have never seen that. Bernard and Bianca, of course, not the other characters. Yeah, Actually, no. On charactercentral.net, which we've referenced a few times, there is a picture of Orville. Orville, the, I think he's an albatross? Yeah. Yeah. And he is meeting and greeting, and he's got, like, the flight goggles on and, like, the pilot's cap that pulls it down low over his head. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be neat.
2: But yeah, you know, again, and and a good film. I, th- I like The Rescuers. I don't think it's a bad film at all. Yep. And uh, it's enjoyable. It has uh, a pretty good villain, as Matt referenced earlier, where she's kind of goofy, but not Madame Mim.
1: She's very Cruella de Vil. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes.
1: Kind of trashy.
0: I mean, she traps orphans in her basement. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just pure evil. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, she lives on a steamboat down by the
0: river. <laughs> <laughs> in a steamboat down by the river.
2: I mean, you all are acting yes. like you've never trapped orphans in your steamboat before. Well, but if I
0: had a steamboat, you know I would. But. Well, if you guys have nothing else, I'm going to wrap this up and say that hopefully the 80s will have some more to talk about. But I'm not entirely sure because I have not really looked ahead and I kind of forget. But... It's been a really fun series, and I can't wait to talk about the 80s when we come back and continue this. But until then, I'm going to say please follow us on Twitter or on Facebook if you want to uh, stay in touch with us. You can also email us at comments at madchatters.net, and we are so thankful for those iTunes reviews. Keep those coming. Until next week.
2: Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Bye-bye now. Until next week. Oh, was that my cue? I'm
0: yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I saluted and everything. Oh, I wouldn't
2: paint it. Take a little time to enjoy the magic. Oh excuse me, I messed that up. <laughs> what? Who are you? What is this? I'm out. I'm Let me try it again. Let me try it again. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Take a little time. <laughs> Stop, man. <Matt. laughs> Here we go take a little time to find the magic in every day I know this pain why could you walk yourself up in these chains someday somebody's gonna make you wanna turn around and say goodbye till then baby did somebody say "hold on"? Yeah, Matt did.
0: Okay. Okay, I was like, I don't know where that's coming from.
2: <laughs> I was like, why is that song in my head? Just hold on for one more day. If you hold on, <clears throat> oh, excuse me.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you did that now and <laughs> not. <laughs> oh my.